0: Hello, and welcome to Intentional Grounding Podcast, a podcast for fantasy football news and advice. This is our second episode. I am Noah Downs, your co-host, and joining me is Luke, who is the other co-host. How are you doing, Luke? Pretty good. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm just ready to talk to you about fantasy football because I don't get to do that enough.
1: <laughs> yeah, I me mean, Let's do it.
0: <laughs> All right. So let's start off with some news and notes. Um, not, not too much going on. This week, a few small things here and there. Nothing big like Morris or RG3 last week. But let's talk about Arian Foster trying out in Miami. How do you feel about that? I think that this is another sign that
1: Jay is not safe. Yeah? Simple as that. Simple as that. I think that they're trying to find someone to either compliment him um, or replace You know, the idea of him even being a starter. So, I don't know if Jay Ajayi is going to have much in the way of value in the near future for Dynasty.
0: Well, I'll tell you, if if you own Jay Ajayi, the time to sell him was about three, four, five weeks ago. You're not going to get anything for him right now, unless, like, you find an owner that is not paying attention at all.
1: I actually moved him earlier this week for uh, the
0: 2-5, ah.
1: and I thought that wasn't too bad, and... Uh, about two hours later, that owner moved him to another guy for the one ten and the three twelve. Oh wow! I know. Uh, was this I,
0: was this before the foster news?
1: No, this was uh, probably about forty hours after.
0: Wow. So I think, <laughs> I think
1: somebody didn't uh, didn't catch up on the news before they accepted that.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jeez. I uh, I'm surprised to hear that because I I mean I can't get a lick of anything for JHIE J. and I'm not buying him anywhere so I I think that was a good move by you to sell out while you can I don't I think they're gonna bring somebody in to take care of him I honestly if it had been Arian Foster I would have loved it if they brought an Arian Foster head of a J. E. Um, just because if you think about it Arian Foster is a bag of broken glass. Um, and he just keeps breaking. So, like, it keeps falling into smaller and smaller pieces. And so, if they brought in Arian Foster, they'd probably stop looking for somebody else, which means that Arian Foster would hold up for two games, break his leg, and then J.H.I. would have the job for the year and you could sell him. That's actually a great take.
1: I, I like that. And, and then it, it may still happen. It could uh, still happen. Um, but uh, the idea that they've gone through now five active running backs trying to get somebody else especially since they were trying to sign potential starters yeah. not just people that they would want to sit down I mean they don't have the cap room like Jacksonville to go out and get a Chris Ivory for 6.5 million a year just to you know have him come in as a compliment uh, so the idea that you're going out and trying to get people that could actively be three down backs it would have been perfect if he came in and got injured for Jay Ajayi. But I, it doesn't look like that's going to happen, though.
0: No. Now, looking past Jay how this affects Jay let's look at how this affects Arian Foster. I mean, the guy is super talented. I mean, he's always been a, a good back when he is on the field. If he signed somewhere, what would you move to get him? Would you want to get him? Um,
1: I, as far as no, I, 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 I wouldn't. Uh, he's coming back from a, an Achilles tear. Um, and with his age combined, I generally stay away from those types. As do I, I. I may get him in like an MFL 10 as like a, uh, a later round pick in the hopes that he comes back and puts up a few good weeks for me, mm-hmm. but especially in dynasty, I wouldn't touch him.
0: Now, I think if he does sign somewhere, I think that I'm going to go shopping. It wouldn't be for Arian Foster though. It would be for whoever is the back immediately behind him.
1: I, I, I would look into that too. I, w- I wouldn't mind buying
0: um, a, um, a Jai Low. Yeah. Because um, if I you just... if you have a Jai if you have him at this point, you're either going to hold on to him because you think he's worth more than he actually is, or you're insane.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, right now I would put his value probably into the high third round. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: which is why I jumped on the two oh five. Um. That's where I would want to sell him as though is about the 205. So I'm fine with that right there. Anything less than that, just hold him.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Now, if Arian Foster were say to sign with uh, the Bears, um, I think that Jeremy that would drive Jeremy Langford's price way down, and you could probably afford him. Although I'm not buying Jeremy Langford in any other situation.
1: Same here. Uh, Jeremy Langford, um, very very concerning. I I I feel the same. Last week we talked about this. I feel the same way. I think that Chicago's going to bring somebody in. They already have Kadeem Carey there. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a hodgepodge there as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about Aaron Foster for about as long as he's been in the NFL. Um. So let's move on to our next bit of news. Stephen Ridley, uh, the corpse of Stephen Ridley, signing in Detroit.
1: Yeah, for me this year... Um, uh, speaks more to what's not going to be happening for Zach Zenner mm. than anything else. And with last year, uh, Zenner's season ended with a punctured
0: lung. Right. So this right here. Now, now, tell know, me, is a punctured lung is that a serious injury? It could be. Okay, just saying, <laughs> I mean, like, I don't think you need your lungs to live, right? Oh, <laughs> it's a minor detail.
1: Well, I mean, it's like, uh, oh, who was it? Wasn't it De- 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 Devin Smith last year also have the same injury earlier in the season? Oh, yeah.
0: I try not to pay attention to Devin Smith, but yeah, yeah, I think
1: so. <laughs> Those types of injuries can be very dangerous. Right. Um, and uh, because of that, it could be because they don't know how he's going to react, or maybe this is just a, a gift horse that fell into their lap. Right, but, uh, Yeah. Know, Stephen really. it wasn't too bad. Besides, his fumbling issues aside, wasn't too bad prior to his ACL tear. And last year, he didn't do much, but he was still recovering. So if he's good to go now, Detroit may have gotten a steal, and it's a show-me contract.
0: Well, I will say, um, when he was playing last year, if I mean, I'm not saying that he was fully recovered when he played last year, but when he did play, he was terrible.
1: Yes, and uh, that was the... Uh, uh, the basic consensus of how he was. Um, and, and in all honesty,
0: he that could still be the way he is. And frankly, I mean, the Lions were the only team he even met with. Right. So I would say, honestly, from on my take on this is, I think this is, this is a good buy low for Zinner. I think, I think what this is, is it's a depth signing for Detroit. Steven Ridley was good. Um, but when he came back, he averaged 2.5 yards per carry. Now, that might just be because he was still recovering from the injury. But it might be a sign of how well he recovered because then he went in and got another injury. Mm-hmm. So I would say you could you could probably buy Zenner fairly low now for people that are looking at Ridley's performance in New England. I don't think Amir Abdullah or uh, Theoretic are going to be in the same role as Zinner will be. Uh, if anything, I, I think in a worst case scenario, this is um, Detroit bringing somebody in for Zinner just in case he does, you know, puncture his lung again. Uh, but I think it's going to be Zinner's job between the tackles and then the third down work will go to theoretic or Amir Abdullah if Theo Riddick catches a cold.
1: I really hope that Zinner gets a chance. I mean, in, in limited time last year, especially when you were watching him go in the uh, preseason last year, uh, he, he was lighting it up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah, ex- very explosive runner between the tackles. And, you know, with Joyke Bell being gone before they signed Ridley, I mean, both Theo Riddick and Amir Abdullah, they're both smaller backs that can catch. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're eating into their own. Yeah,
0: exactly, and I would say um, it's kind of funny if you look at it like from a, a real you know dynasty uh, standpoint. You and I are in the process of doing a startup draft together, um, and you took Ridley, and then with I think the next pick or the pick right after it, I took Zinner. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> and I, th- I thought it was great. You know, I I think that um, I think they're bringing Ridley in mm-hmm. to. Uh, Uh, to see what he can do and if he's going to replace anybody it's going to be Zenner and the only reason I went with him first is because Zenner's draft stock to the the team is is basically nothing because Zenner was a UDFA
0: right now I will say this for um, Ridley he has a relationship with uh, Bob Quinn from back when Ridley was with the Patriots Bob Quinn um, was a scouting director for the Patriots, and now I think he's the GM for the Lions. Yes. Um, and so I think that this probably weighed heavily into it. So he's already got a little bit of something going for him. But I'll, I'll take you to the bank every single day on Zitterman, friend. Well, I guess we'll have to find out. <laughs> okay, put it on the board. <laughs> put it on the board. Okay, actually, no, seriously, we mentioned it in our, our zero podcast, our pilot. Um, but if somebody does want to do our board, add this to it. I believe that Zinner will have more fantasy points at the end of the 2016 season. And I, and I believe that Steven Ridley really will have more points. Alright, it's on the board. Cool. Um, Let's, moving on from that, we are headed to uh, uh, Wittner. Oh, of- Wittner <laughs> out in Cleveland. He's literally out of Cleveland now. Yeah, Dante,
1: Dante Hittner is officially uh, no longer a Cleveland Brown. He he shouldn't take too long to land somewhere else. I mean, he's really good, strong safety, and even though he's uh, uh, on, the, on the wrong side of uh, thirty, he uh, he he was a really good part of that defense. And as a fan, I will miss I will miss that presence out there. Uh, some things aren't replaceable you know, as easily as getting a, an athletic uh, younger guy. And his leadership skills is going to be hard to find in somebody that's replacing him. But, uh, but I, that being said, though, I do like what Cleveland's doing. Uh, Cleveland has gone through a period since 1999 of being in a perpetual uh, rebuilding mode. But what they always do is they go out and they spend big money in free agency and they get bogged down. And uh, this year they're not doing that. They're getting rid of their older players and they literally bought very small in the off-season, even considering uh, RG3 into that. Uh, So I'm very happy with what they're doing, but I also know that this means that if this system they have in place is going to work, it's going to take five years from now to see anything uh, that's going to be substantial. And I don't know if the fan base or if their owner can wait that long.
0: Right. And I, um, I mean, I, I don't think this is very. I mean, I think that the rebuilding is necessary, although it's unfortunate to see both Dante Whitner and Tashawn Gibson not come back to the Browns.
1: And, and Carlos Stansby.
0: Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I, I think Whitner will find a home, um, entering his age 31 season. Um, so if you play in an IDP league, I think you've probably got a couple of good years on him. He was solid this past year. He had, uh, 81 tackles in 14 in 14 games. Um, but the move saves Cleveland a grand total of $3.95 million, which actually isn't that much. Yeah, it, it really isn't, considering what he was able to bring. I, I don't understand it from
1: that move, mm-hmm. or from from the perspective of money, because $4 million on one of the most intricate, integral parts of your defense does not make sense. Right. Um Speaking though of a small tangent, Carlos Dansby actually signed with Cincinnati. Oh, really? And with him being there in their four-three setup, uh, Vontez perfect may not have the value that he did.
0: Interesting. So are I you Are you saying that, that Vontez perfect is a sell in IDP leagues? Well, if if you still have him. I mean, yeah, yes. that's true. <laughs> I mean, last year between him getting
1: suspended and just, he's a, he's a very volatile and I personally do not have many leagues because of that.
0: Right. I get that.
1: But younger people that they had sitting in the back waiting, like a Paul Dawson, uh, that type of player, I think, I think the Carl Stansby sign is basically saying, yeah, we're going to pass.
0: Yeah, I um I I'm I'm sorry that uh you're gonna be without Dante Whitner. Did he legally change his name to Hittner? By the way, <laughs> I'm not sure, but if he didn't, he should. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> That's my hot take on that. So uh, now we're gonna head off to our mailbag. Um, and let's see. Uh, let me go through some of this mail right here. Uh... all right, here we go. This question is from Caleb, and he says, without a, the expletive he used, um, what the heck do we do about the tight end situation in Baltimore? I think that's a great question. How many tight ends does Baltimore have? I think they have about 12 billion. <laughs> well, they, they, have, they have six total, but only four of them really are uh,
1: uh, relevant to any stretch.
0: And which four of those? Well, you've
1: got... Uh, they're newly signed Benjamin Watson. Oh, Ben uh,
0: Watson.
1: Now, Ben Watson will be really good this year. Uh, he was signed basically as insurance for two different tight ends. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, who's injured. Yep. And then uh, Nick Boyle, who's actually suspended the first 10 games of the year.
0: Why was he suspended?
1: I want to say it was due to um, uh, physical
0: enhancing drugs. Yeah, oh, I think so,
1: too.
0: Pads. Um, not Pez <laughs> kids that's uh peds um, yeah i let's i'm just looking at the the depth chart here i think um i think also you've got max williams there who i love max williams i think that he's probably the future of the tight ends there but he's i don't think he's ready to take over the role in full um going back uh, just to cover everyone they have uh ben watson crockett gilmore uh who apparently only needs one surgery, thank God, Uh, Max Williams, Chase Ford, Dennis Pitta, and Nick Boyle. Uh, Dennis Pitta is still alive. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he's going to make it through preseason. Um, No. Sorry. (laughs) He
1: he shouldn't. I think Watson signing is also basically a nice way of saying, well, Pitta, thanks for for playing, um, and we hope that your hip gets better.
0: All right, so if you had to plant your flag on one of these tight ends, and you can only take one, which one is it?
1: Oh, What's the F format? Uh,
0: let's go redraft. Watson. Okay, I, I agree with that. I think that Watson is going to beast out this year and then go quietly into that good night. Um, Same thing with MFL 10s. Um, no. I would go Watson, but I also wouldn't mind taking Crockett Gilmore
1: as like my last guy.
0: Well, they think that Gilmore is going to be able to participate in OTAs. They do, yeah, they do. I'm mean, right now in my current
1: NFL ten that I'm in. I'm in round twenty, mm-hmm. and there's only twenty rounds in it. And Gilmore is actually still sitting there.
0: Oh, I would, I would grab him up.
1: That's the plan. Yeah. That's how, that's how I have my cue set.
0: <laughs> so now let's switch it to a Dynasty focus. If um, if you had to plant your flag with one of these tight ends, and you could only take one, who would it be? it would be Williams.
1: Yeah. I would sit, you know, even if you have to wait two more years to get anything to to reap any benefits out of them, I would sit and wait on them.
0: Yeah, because tight ends always have, you always say, you know, tight ends get that three-year ramp up before they get anything good. And Mm -hmm. Williams has that draft pedigree that we always kind of look for. Um, And he also has two X's in his uh, first name. (laughs) One other thing that I like about
1: it, this right here, is I think it also proves an excellent point for our rookie drafts for Dynasty,
0: mm-hmm. never take a tight end. Yeah, never, never take it. Well, I mean, you can take a tight end. Just don't take him early. Right. I mean, uh, Max here yeah.
1: went as on average mid-second. Right. I, I, right I, I saw him going as
0: early as the 108. You'd be lucky to get a third right now. Yeah. I would uh, stay away from him. But I think he's a good buy low. Yeah, absolutely. You buy him. If, if you're um, a middle, the middle of, of this year team, he could be a good piece. Yes, middle of this year
1: to maybe even in the offseason following this one. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll be entering his third year next year. And if he's going to hit, that's when it'll happen.
0: And I think William, I mean, Williams showed well this year. He, he had did. 32 catches for 268 yards and a touchdown.
1: He did. He, he was very limited. Yeah. Uh, in the approach, but that also speaks to, on uh, Crockett, Gilmore came out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. He he was a beast in,
1: before ending up on the IR. Yes. You know, and so I, I think that Williams will have it, and, and this year what's nice about it is Williams, as long as he continues to develop, he's going to be hiding behind Gilmore and Watson.
0: Yeah, and I, I think Gilmore will continue to be there, I don't think Watson will be there longer after this season just because I think he's ready to retire. I think I he's, agree. I, I have Watson in two weeks right now, and my plan is between
1: weeks three and five when the season starts and everything, it's to kind of push him off for a second at that point.
0: Yeah, I um, it's interesting. The Ravens have a third round pick, number 99 overall, invested in Gilmore and in Williams from that's from 2014. And in um, Williams, they have a second-round pick, number fifty-five overall. So it's it's almost, it's it's forty-four spots. It's almost half a hundred. Um, and I think that Gil, Gilmore will continue to flash. I don't think they're going to re-sign him.
1: No, I honestly, I think they may try to move him. You know, yeah. or or they may let him just go because uh, Ozzie Newsom loves to get uh, uh, those uh, compensatory picks. That's true.
0: Yep. All right, moving on to our next question. And this question comes from Ralph. Thank you, Ralph. Uh, If Colin Kaepernick ends up in Denver, oh, that's another news item, how much will that impact impact Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? Oh, well, I personally don't think it's going to impact – to Marius Thomas and Sanders very much. I think those two are going to get theirs. Um, Obviously, if you're going from Peyton Manning to Kaepernick, that's a steep drop-off. I mean, in 2014 and 2013, Peyton's best years in Denver, arguably, obviously, um, he had a 68 and a 66% completion percentage. He attempted 659 passes and 600 passes. Kaepernick has never gone above 62% completion percentage, and he's never attempted more than 478 passes. So obviously the volume will not be there, the accuracy will not be there, um, and the experience will not be there. But I I do think that Thomas and Sanders will be fed. Um, What I think this actually impacts more is your secondary players like Latimer. Oh, uh,
1: Latimer, uh, yes. Uh, Any chance that Latimer has to be successful from this point on, is going to hinge on who his quarterback is. And if he doesn't get a quarterback that is accurate, he's not going to have a chance.
0: No, I, I don't think so either. I think that, um, you so your Demarius and your Sanders stock should stay about the same. They should continue to produce. Um, maybe they won't produce as much, but uh, they will still produce. Right. PPR leagues are going to take a little
1: bit of a hit uh, simply because they're not going to see the volume. Um. But at the same time, both can be very efficient wide receivers.
0: Right. I think the offense will open up if, uh, assuming this is all speculative because this has not occurred yet, Um, but the offense would open up with Kaepernick because of the rushing upside. So I think that would be a boon for C.J. Anderson. Um, Oh, he would be the person to benefit the most, absolutely. I Uh, agree. You're going to bring in a running quarterback, uh,
1: you know, who will sit there and he will he may have more yards on the ground in some games than he will through the air.
0: Yeah, and with, the, with those play-action passes, maybe some of that, that work, it's, it's, I think the offense will open up and I think that Thomas and Sanders will get theirs. But I think in my impact, it might boost the stock of whatever tight end gets that starting job. Currently, they have five tight ends. <laughs> they, have, they have the Virgil Green, who will never die, uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Hureman, uh Richard Gordon, Nick Casa, oh my goodness, Nick Casa. Uh, and Manessa Garner. I never heard of that guy.
1: Yeah. out of that whole entire group, the guy that I want is uh, uh, Jeff Hurman from uh, Ohio State.
0: Well, that's because you're an
1: Ohio State fan. <laughs> <laughs> I want him because when they drafted him, uh, as, a, as a go tight end to match up with the blocking tight end that is Virgil Green. Uh, he was the initial plan to go. However, he uh, I believe he broke his leg in the preseason last year and he was taken off.
0: Oh, he did, yeah. I, I actually think Virgil Green will stand to be the best because he'll be on the field more because of the blocking. Um, and he also is... Virgil Green is an athlete, folks. He was overshadowed by... Owen oh, Daniels and he was overshadowed by uh, who was that other tight end that was uh, in Denver? Oh, you mean Vernon Davis? Yeah. <laughs> My only question to you is this.
1: If if he if you're an athlete, how are you overshadowed by people that are <laughs> so much older than you?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I do think that Virgil Green might actually finally make it up into uh, a useful uh uh fantasy relevance, at least in tight end premium leagues, or as a tight end too, if he remains at the top of that depth chart. Because he is going to be on the field a lot, they're going to need to use him and be a good dump off for a rushing Colin Kaepernick. I I could definitely see
1: that. And with them having a rushing QB, they're definitely going to need to have a blocking tight end on there to act as another blocker, depending on the way the move
0: goes. Yeah. All right, well, I think we've talked that to death as well. Um, let's move on to some polls that we've seen. Uh, How about this? You have a a list of these polls, as do I. So, I'll... You go first, I'll ask second, and then you ask third. Okay. Uh, In this first poll, which would you rather have? Uh, The 2016
1: 101 or Shady McCoy, Chris
0: Ivory, and the 109? I would want the 101... Um, and I would take that 100 times out of 100 because I don't like Shady McCoy at this point in his career. I think Chris Ivory is somebody that I cannot trust, and who am I going to take at the 109? So I'm going to go ahead and grab Zeke at the 101. I would agree with that, um,
1: and you can have a look at it one of two ways. I would rather have Zeke than all of those combined, and I'd also rather have the 101 uh, combined. And then there are others combined because I could flip that 101 into a, a better package on draft day.
0: Exactly. So, um, <clears throat> excuse me. I would. Oh, yeah. So I think we're in agreement. We both want the 101. Uh, and in this class, I think the 101 is the elite pick. Uh, if you have it, good for you. If you don't have it, well, you're not going to get it. Absolutely.
1: What's been oh, always nice about this year is the 101 is almost
0: universally the same player. Right. Exactly. Um, so. Next question, I'll ask you. Would you rather have the 2016 rookie 110 or would you want Jameson Crowder or Larry, and Larry Fitzgerald? I would take the 110. Oh, okay. And
1: the reason why I would do that is because I could solidify that value into one pick. Um, I feel Jameson Crowder is worth, at this time, a mid-second. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he could turn into something better. And Larry Fitzgerald is a one-year to two-year lease on what he, on what he is right now. Exactly. So I would rather take the one ten and get a player there and you know, use that value in one spot.
0: Yeah, and I think there's so many other weapons around Larry Fitzgerald that he he was the focus focal point of the offense for some games this season, but at other points you had you know, like John Brown and Michael Floyd blowing up. I I would actually though I would take Jameson Crowder and Fitz. Okay. Uh, because I really like Jameson Crowder. That might just be because he's a redskin. Um, and I saw him play in the ACC at Duke. But this past season in his rookie season, he had 59 catches for 604 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, he had a great year. Oh, uh, yeah, you know. Okay,
1: I try to snag him up anywhere I can, uh, especially, you know, Pierre uh, Pierre Thomas. you know, Pierre Garcon, and uh, uh, Deshaun Jackson, they're one year older.
0: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I I think that I think that I would take James Crowder over because he's 22. He's young. They've got a little bit of draft stock invested in him. Um,
1: they do. They do. I I feel that he. Uh, I feel that out of the group, he will be there the longest yeah. with contracts coming up uh, next year. I believe on both DJx and Garcon. I don't expect both of them to stick around, and so his. Uh, uh, you should I see an increase in the amount of time you're seeing on the field. Exactly.
0: All right, so moving on to the next poll. Uh, would you ra- This is a big one. This is a blockbuster, so pay attention. Would you rather have Allen Robinson, TJ Yeldon, Dante Moncrief, and the 111, or A.J. Green, Giovanni Bernard, and Larry Fitzgerald?
1: For me, this one's easy. It's the uh, A-Rob, uh, Yeldon, Creep
0: and 111. I wholeheartedly agree. I would, I would argue that A-Rob and Yeldon is worth the other half of that deal by itself.
1: I agree. I think what it is is it just really matters how you view Allen Robinson. If you view him as a top 5 wide receiver and a startup, you are going to easily side with that grouping. But a lot of people still love AJ Green.
0: Yeah, and uh, to those people, I say, okay, I'll trade you straight up. Take my AJ Green. I'll take a Rob. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, I think actually I disagree. I think it falls where you you uh, you what on what you think about TJ Yeldon. I, that would make sense. A lot
1: of people are very low on him now, ever since Ivory showed up in uh, in Jacksonville, so I get that. I, and to that I would say, you know, I would love to take your Yeldon then.
0: Yeah, exactly. I love Yeldon though, you Yeah. know that. Exactly. Give um, me your Yeldon. <laughs> Alright, so let's talk a little bit about, um, just real quick, just a rundown of some of these quarterbacks that are coming up in this rookie draft we have five that we want to talk about and highlight and if they're not the five that you want us to talk about and highlight listeners sorry you should write to our mailbag um (laughs) by the way that is intentional grounding ff at gmail.com i repeat intentional grounding ff at gmail.com all right so these quarterbacks we have in no particular order carson wentz goff lynch cook And Cardale Jones. I guess I should probably give their first name, shouldn't I? Oh, that's okay. People (laughs) who listen to this
1: podcast, they they, they know what's going on. We'll do it as we break them down.
0: That's true. So, um, yeah, so in what order do you have those quarterbacks, Luke? Currently, for right now, I have um, uh, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz,
1: uh, Paxton Lynch, uh, Cardale Jones, and Connor Cook. Interesting.
0: Okay, um, and why do you have? Uh, why would you go golf over Wentz?
1: For me, it's all about what's between his ears. I think that uh, Wentz has the higher upside, but to me, Golf can be more of that field general. When you sit there and you watch him play and everything, his actual movements, his nuances, everything is very calculated. So I, I get a person that would be able to sit there and he would sit there and be able to take an offense and master it and be able to be that surgeon that you need on the field. Whereas even though I feel Wentz has a high football IQ, I feel that he's going to have to lean on his playmaking ability more, which is going to lead to a more a more variables. More, It's going to be very volatile in his weeks, how he's going to do. He's going to be up and
0: down. Right. I, I tend to agree with that. Although, I think his volatility is why I will take Wince over Goff. Okay. Um, I think that his upside is a lot higher, and I think at the NFL level, he will have the training he needs to solidify and take make use of his talents. Uh, he, he's boom or bust right now, but I think with the proper training and the proper regimen, he could become a more reliable quarterback, and w- if they were both equally reliable. I would take Wentz every time because I think that he's a he's a special talent. He's not, of course, Andrew Luck. I don't even think he's as good as Jameis Winston or, um, or I'm blanking. That Marcus other, Dakota. yeah, Marcus Mario <laughs> oh. um, um But I, I think that I would take him over Goff. The way I have him, I have him, Wentz, Goff, Lynch, Cook, and Jones, Okay. I, I think the reason you gave an edge to Jones is because, again, you're an Ohio State fan. <laughs> <laughs> that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, um, so where would you take uh, any of these quarterbacks in a rookie draft if you would take them? And this is just a standard, not QB premium or anything. Okay. Uh, I was going to say in a QB, 2 I, I'd
1: be snagging both these guys between uh, one 1.7 and 1.8. Um, but uh, as far as uh, it being normal, just PPR twelve player, I would probably knock it down a whole round. I wouldn't want to touch him until two seven two eight. You That's, know, it's not like last year I would have said that you would that I would have taken Winston at the one o nine. You know, even with all that talent, because I figured that Winston Winston could come in, and he could ultimately become that that starter for me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, with uh. Mariota for me he was around the 202 203 last year for the same purpose I don't know if any of these guys will ever reach that pinnacle
0: yeah and I don't think if you invest a first rounder into any of these quarterbacks you're going to ever see that value again even in a depressed class I would uh, I would probably take Wentz at the earliest around the 205 I agree with you and Goff right around the 207 208 range yeah and then I'm probably not going to get a chance to draft Paxton Lynch or Connor Cook. I bet they'll go before I get them. I wouldn't See, touch I, them till like a fourth. I
1: honestly think that Lynch may go, but honestly, I think Cook and Jones they may be sitting there when the season opens on the waiver wire. That's true. I agree with that. Um, that that's the that's the problem with having a um, uh, you know you when you when you play in a one quarterback league with twelve guys you only need twelve superstars everyone else. You know, they can sit there and they can just stream through them.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So now in a quarterback premium league, I would bump each of these guys up a whole round. Like As you said, you would take Wentz and Goff at that 107 and 108 range. And I know in one of our leagues, you have the 107 and 108, so you will probably get them. Uh, uh, I would probably take Lynch in the mid-seconds, Cook around the mid-second, and I would sit and – Grab Jones in the third. I think that Jones is a nice little QB premium sleeper that you can get and not have to overpay.
1: I agree, and it's going to be very landing spot dependent. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, so the values could go up or down. But unless one of those later guys goes to a like a special perfect Goldilocks kind of spot, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they are going to see them go any earlier than that. Yeah. They're going to be
0: afterthoughts. Yeah. So just to recap, our top five quarterbacks in this rookie class are Wentz, Goff, Lynch, Cook, and Jones. Not in any particular order. Um, Luke would go... Let me Correct me if I'm wrong. Goff, Wentz, Lynch, Jones, Cook. That is correct. Yes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and as I said, I would go um, Wentz, Goff, Lynch, Cook Jones. So we both agree that Lynch is the third.
1: Yeah, I would too. I I think that Lynch, uh, what was funny is when this process completely started, you know, it was Goff and Lynch. And then, you know, Lynch fell off and
0: everything just because Wentz came out of nowhere. Now, I would tell you, there is something to drafting a guy named Dak. Yeah. Just because his name is Dak. I know, I know. And even he's got a pretty decent last name too Prescott <laughs> uh, I still like Dak I mean it, it, it reminds me of like a Nintendo 64 game Dak Prescott or something like that it, yeah seriously or so, like a character you'd see like a, in Back to the Future when he went back to the 50s or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> or something in a stupid like teen novel or something <laughs> uh, Days of Our Lives Dak Prescott um, he's beautiful Start quarterback. (laughs) But, yeah, so moving on from that, um, what are you kind of doing right now to get ready for this upcoming season, Luke? I know you and I are currently in the midst of a startup draft with a bunch of people um, that we don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, Well, we're doing the startup, Um, I'm in the middle of two
1: MFL 10s. One's just ending and one's about, uh, I want to say, round six. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I just had a auction for uh, bidding on um, you, we, it's the uh, startup year for this 32 teamer. Oh. And in this we have uh, we have to auction on our rookie spots out of 1 through 32. And so we actually had to auction off the spot we were going to draft from. and so wow. I ended up getting the 13th pick overall.
0: That's not bad. Yeah, and then uh,
1: oh, and then I'm also doing a redraft 32 teamer that I just uh, got into last night.
0: That is brutal. I'm all I'm doing right now is that uh, that startup draft. Although I feel like I'm putting a lot of work into that thing, uh, <laughs> uh, and we'll, we'll we'll probably have an entire short podcast dedicated to discussing that draft. Um, but uh, I would also encourage people to be doing rookie mock drafts that way you know how you feel about these rookies before you go into your rookie draft and even if if you draft before the NFL draft then uh you're you're going to be affected by position but I I would say if you draft after the NFL draft you know how you feel about these players regardless of where they land so you're drafting more based on talent and I would want to draft based on talent over situation any day.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, situation and opportunity do place spots in it, but regardless of how you look at it, the talent is what got them there.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, my advice, and this is what I'm doing, is participate in some startup drafts, mocks, or real ones. Uh, I would also be looking, keeping a close eye, watching tape, uh, getting ready for your rookie draft, and doing some rookie mock drafts. I also really want to encourage everybody to engage in some trades. If you are a major trader, then you're doing that already. But if you're kind of trade once or twice a year, this is a good time to kind of get a feel for how you feel about players by going through some trades. If you are winning every trade you do by a mile and nobody wants to trade with you, go ahead and lose a trade now. This is probably the best time to lose a trade. Mm-hmm. because. It won't affect your team as much, and you can recover with the rookie draft.
1: Absolutely, you know, sit there, and even if for you, even for you, if uh, when you make a trade and you feel like, well, man, that's it's even, you know, that that means you know, to you maybe that's losing, but if somebody feels that they can get an even deal with you at some point when they're just used to losing, sometimes that's good enough. Exactly.
0: So yeah. Well, I think it's going to wrap us up for today. Um, be looking for another follow-up podcast sometime this week or next once we complete this uh, startup draft we're doing. We're <laughs> nearly there. Almost. Uh, <laughs> and uh, enjoy, folks, and uh, write us questions at intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. That is intentionalgroundingff at gmail.com. Uh, I am Noah Downs, and you are Luke Bisson And we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks, guys.